Christchurch, New Malden. 17th of October 2021, 11 o'clock service. David Lofman speaking in the series, How the Bible Presents the Church, the Army of God. Don't you just love baptisms? I do. Just last week, Louis Berry was baptised here at Christchurch. And last month, we had the baptism here of Faye Bond. That was the first baptism we've had in this church for over a year. In both baptism services, I particularly remember reciting the response during the signing of the cross. Fight valiantly as a disciple of Christ against sin, the world and the devil. Everyone stood up together and recited these words in unison. We spoke those words to little Faye Bond and to Louis Berry aloud as one body with one unified voice. It was a striking moment, as it always is. But as I was preparing for this sermon, I took special notice of that first word of that response. That word was fight. In that word and the words that followed it, we were instructing Faye and Louis to fight in a war. Later, we welcomed them both as full members of our spiritual family. But before that, we were enlisting them both as soldiers in an army at war against the devil. A terrifying commission, don't you think? But Faye and Louis would not be alone to fight that war. On that day, they became part of an army, our church army. In fact, all of us that spoke those words during those services were already members of that army. And we were already at war. It is a war being fought between the spiritual forces of good and evil, between God and the devil. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul writes, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This war has been waged since before creation, and men and women started to take part in that war when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. From this point on, people have been separated from God through sin. Isaiah the prophet gives an account of how that war began. In chapter 14, our first reading, Isaiah directly addresses a powerful spiritual creature, an angel fallen from heaven called Morning Star. In Hebrew, the translation of Morning Star is Lucifer. Isaiah goes on to describe Lucifer's ambition to enter heaven and take the throne and be like God. The prophet then goes on to say that Lucifer has been defeated and cast down, out to the earth. 
he and his followers have tried to take control of the earth. They are full of rage at their defeat. On earth, Lucifer sends humanity off course from God's original plan for us. This war is a terrifying prospect. Don't be in any doubt about it. Our enemy, the devil, is powerful, evil and deceptive. He's set against us and wants our total annihilation. Or failing that, he wants our complete descent into sin, living totally depraved lives that are completely self-centered. He wants us to live completely obsessed by material things. He wants us to live lives helping him build a kingdom of evil here on this earth. Living in this way, we will have turned away from God, our creator, sustainer, judge and redeemer, and become creatures worshipping the devil, a usurper, a liar, a thief and a deceiver. Yes, that's what I said about him. In committing sin, whatever it is, you know what it is. I think we are actually worshipping Satan. We put Satan on the throne of God. It's an incredibly uncomfortable thought, I know. But despite this, God has not abandoned us. God has offered us a chance to be reconciled to him through people putting their faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And since Jesus' time, followers of Jesus have joined together into the worldwide church of God. We are part of that community of believers, the army of God, standing alongside Jesus and God, our Heavenly Father, defending ourselves against spiritual attack and actively fighting against the devil to reclaim the earth and its people for the one true everlasting God, our Heavenly Father. That is the war we are, that this we are, as an army, engaged in. That's how Paul describes it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. We see the effects of those spiritual forces of evil every time we feel tempted to do something we know is wrong. So we fight against them whenever we resist the pull of those forces in small ways every day. But sometimes we get the opportunity to act in more obvious and dramatic ways. Years ago, I got involved in that war in a more literal way. I remember being part of a church youth group. One Saturday, we went into Ipswich. I remember we were window shopping at a second-hand shop when our eyes fixed on an Ouija board. That moment, we saw it. We wanted to destroy it. We went into the shop and spoke to the man behind the counter. We told him the Ouija board 
was evil and tried to persuade him to take it out of the window and destroy it. But he wasn't interested in our arguments. In the end, we realised that the only way we were going to destroy this thing was to buy it ourselves. None of us had very much money, so we just clubbed together there in that shop and bought it right there and then. And when we got it back to Katie's house, the rectory in Helmingham, I remember we unpacked it in their sitting room and put it straight onto the open fire. The board, the instructions, the cardboard packaging it was in, the lot, it was all gone. Another time the youth group were in Ipswich again, I wanted to buy a book. While we were browsing the bookshelves of a bookshop, we came across a section on the occult. The books had quite disturbing titles like The Devil's Bible, The Occult Book, The Modern Guide to Witchcraft and Ancient Magic. We all agreed that the books were disturbing, so we asked to see the manager. And when he came out, we tried to persuade him to take the books off his shelves. We got chatting with him and discovered that he actually knew Katie's dad, Alan. Katie's dad was a vicar and his parish was close to Ipswich. Apparently, Alan had been in the shop many times before over the years and the manager and him had struck up a kind of rapport. Alan had also tried to persuade the manager to get rid of the occult section in his shop. It didn't really look like we were getting anywhere, but we kept on chatting a bit. He told us there was quite a lively interest in the occult in Ipswich and in the surrounding areas. It was getting late now, and we started to say our goodbyes to the manager, when suddenly, out of nowhere, really out of the blue, he invited us to choose four or five of the books we thought were the worst and he'd take them off the shelves. So we spent the last couple of minutes rifling through the shelves and choosing a few books for him to get rid of. I remember choosing the Devil's Bible. As we left, he handed us the copy of that book. He told us to give it to Alan, Katie's dad. He'd know what to do with it. Thinking about those two incidents, Years later, I realised our little church youth group, there were only about 10 of us, aged between 16 and 20, were like a little church. The group had been together a few years. Some of them were sons and daughters of local farmers. I'd only joined the group recently, but they'd met together and prayed together. They'd read and studied the Bible together. They'd gone ice skating together and bowling. But on those two afternoons, the little church youth group were acting like an army, a church army. We'd all agreed that the Ouija board and the books on the occult were evil and had to go. We all agreed that these things were dangerous and harmful. Some of us had prayed while others talked to the owners. And we'd clubbed together took out our purses and our wallets and spent good money just to destroy 
the thing that we'd bought. So that was just a, a couple of ways that we fought evil. But there are lots of ways that our church does that all the time. We did it this morning in our songs of praise. But I remember years ago, Iona and Aaron walking around the high street in chains to highlight the plight of modern-day slavery. And every year, for one night a year, people from churches from all over Kingston, including this one, sleep out rough by the War Memorial in Kingston to highlight the problems of homelessness. But to do that kind of work, we need to be strong. How can we make ourselves strong? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full armour of God. It's not brute force we need to be victorious over the devil, but the quality of our characters such as truthfulness, peace, faith. All these that form the armour of God and these can be developed by being active in our church life. When we meet together here in our services, we're strengthening our shield of faith. And it's not just worshipping together on a Sunday, but doing things together and enjoying each other's company that strengthens us to stand our ground against the evil one. Two Sundays ago, we were an army of God when lots of different people from the church built a bug hotel in the church garden. There were children, mums and dads and people just interested in what was going on. And last Saturday morning, we were an army of God when men came to the men behaving dadly morning. It's a regular event where men and younger kids can get together to play and do activities. And while the children play, the men get a chance to meet and chat over bacon rolls and coffee. Mm. It's through events like, like these, when we make friends with others within our church, that we are acting like an army of God. We are protecting ourselves against spiritual attack and we are defeating the devil, our enemy, through our love. And that, in turn, will strengthen our church against spiritual attack. I really encourage all of us to get involved in the growing number of one-off and regular activities that take place here at Christchurch. It's not mentioned in Paul's list of the armour of God, but a weapon to use against the devil is praising God. We do that every time we sing here in this church. I heard it resounding through this building this morning. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic, it's a powerful way of defeating our enemy. It's something we also do in the opening words of our sermon at 9.30 service this morning, uh, they used Psalm 19 as an introduction to the service, and it's full of praise. One time, 
that praise is really noticeable is when we sing the song before the children go out to their groups at the 9.30 service. The actions that go along with these songs are a great way of praising God and celebrating our Heavenly Father. We might feel it a, a bit awkward doing those actions, but they, they're great. I, I was listening to the radio two Sundays ago to a programme called Just One Thing. I don't know if you heard that series. Every week, the presenter chooses just one thing we can do to make our lives better. That Sunday, he talked about singing. Apparently, just singing for five minutes every day loudly will improve our health and our lives. And if we sing in a group or join a choir, there's scientific evidence to support the claim that singing in a group can boost our immune system reduce inflammation and even reduce chronic pain just think of on top of all those health benefits our singing praises we're also defeating our spiritual enemy it's given me a new appreciation of the song if i were a butterfly we must own our victory over evil we must claim it we must proclaim it with confidence. As members of the worldwide church, we are soldiers in an army fighting a war against powerful spiritual enemies. And I challenge us all here right now to, to acknowledge that reality and to know that our enemy's ultimate goal is to destroy us and have us live lives without true meaning and purpose, abandoned to sin an utter desolation. But that God has given us powerful ways of defending ourselves and defeating evil, like taking part in the jobs and activities in the church by praising God, knowing the Bible well, and doing the right thing. So, like little Faye and Louis, let us all fight valiantly as a disciple of Christ against sin, the world and the devil and remain faithful to Christ to the end of our lives. Amen.